0: Hello, this is Jenny Nichols, and this is Local Share Green Action, a podcast where people share their stories about meaningful, planet-friendly work in their local communities. They share their paths of green action and the ways they have applied their own talents, interests, and all types of green projects, jobs, businesses, volunteering, and careers. Uh, today on our podcast, I'm speaking with someone who, with their church, is hosting community classes to explore the connections between the soul- and science of soil. I'm speaking with Reagan Sutterfield, who is the priest in the Episcopal Church and serves as an associate at Christ Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. His writing has appeared in a variety of places, including The Christian Century, Sojourners, The Oxford American, Plow Online, and Englewood Review of Books. Reagan's writing and interests are focused on the intersection of faith and ecology, where he brings his background in birding, permaculture, and soil ecology into conversation with philosophy, theology, and Christian spiritual tradition. Reagan is the author of Wendell Berry and The Given Life, This Is My Body, Cultivating Reality, and the small collection of essays, Farming as a Spiritual Discipline. Reagan is now at work on a book exploring humus and humility, soil science, and Christian spirituality. The class they are hosting is called Compost and Creatureliness, The Science and Soul of Soil, being held at Dunbar Garden in Little Rock, Arkansas. Welcome to the show, Reagan. Thank
1: you so much, Jenny. It's good to be with you.
0: Thank you. So I'm so excited to speak with you and learn more about your work. So what planted the seed for you to want to take some kind of green action initially?
1: Mm, That's a a big question that has a a somewhat long answer. But when I was a child, I really fell in love with the natural world. I grew up in a rural place in East Texas and then later in, in Arkansas. And spent all of my childhood exploring outside and learning to to love the the creatures that live there and so my first environmental action was as a I was around 10 years old and I called the EPA on some neighbors that were dumping motor oil down the the drain pipes when we when we first moved back to Arkansas and I that 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 was my, my first environmental action and I've I've continued to to try to work to to cultivate the the beauty and flourishing of of the natural world.
0: Excellent, excellent. So what made you decide to take on um, this type of topic with your class?
1: So I've been really fascinated with soil ecology for for a while now. I, shortly after college, did an apprenticeship in farming, and it was um, pasture-based agriculture with, with livestock in this apprenticeship in, in farming i started to learn about the the importance of, of soil and and the work that it does in really animating the the whole all the ecosystems around it and the different kinds of interactions that are taking place there with the mycorrhizal fungi and the various bacteria and nematodes and and protozoa and i i've, I've been fascinated with that ever since but as i've moved into work in a, as a priest in, in the episcopal church and learning about the the kinds of narratives and and metaphors that are that are offered in christian scriptures about what it means to be a human person i found surprising resonance with a lot of what i'd learned about soil ecology and and so it's it's continued to be an interest of mine and i was fortunate to get a grant from the louisville institute which is a, a part of the Lilly foundation and to 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 explore this question of, of how does soil science connect with christian spirituality and and how what can we learn about becoming fully human by looking at our roots in in the humus because that's you know the the root of the word human comes from humus and it's interesting actually in hebrew that the same that the word in hebrew for human being is adam and it also comes from the adama, which is the the humus soil and so i was really fascinated by that those kinds of links and wanted to explore them further
0: excellent that's very interesting so where did you obtain some of your training and and things after you found you had an interest so
1: i've you know, I've I've read extensively, going back to some of the the classic works of Andre Voisson and uh, Sir Albert Howard, who were some of the the pioneering soil scientists of of this this century, as well as studying the work of David Montgomery, who is a MacArthur Genius Award winning geologist who's written some excellent books on on soil science, and um, his book Growing a Revolution is really a great guide to to the role of soil particularly in in sustainable or regenerative agriculture and through some of the funding from this this grant I've also been through Elaine Ingham's soil food web uh, course she she has a soil food web co- school and it's a really extensive exploration of what so- the soil food web is and and then how to to work with it to to cultivate it for Growing things for for agricultural purposes, but also for just general ecological health.
0: Nice, nice. And then, did you have some permaculture courses or classes or reading Yeah,
1: them? one of the things that the the church I'm a part of, Christ Episcopal Church, we we were able to host a, a few years ago a full seventy two hour permaculture design course. And for those who are familiar, that's sort of the, the standard for to get a permaculture certificate is to go through this this full 72-hour permaculture design course. So for a period of 10 days, we had folks both locally and uh, from around the country in a classroom and then out in the field in some various places around central Arkansas exploring permaculture with a teacher from Vermont named Chris Grotowski. And he's a he's a really excellent permaculturalist and educator. And it was like a, a fire hydrant of, of information, uh, but but a really, really wonderful time and and something that I've been continuing to try to work from that information and and just work it out in practice and and learn from it.
0: Nice. Nice. And that um, course, the permaculture course you took, is that kind of open to uh, church members as well as the community and uh, people with interest in it in general?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so we opened up that course to wrote a grant and, and obtained funding to, for anybody who was in central Arkansas, I got to come free, including some people from, but some of the local churches. And then we Subsid, heavily subsidized the attendance for several people who came from out of state and um they they got to were able to get trained in in permaculture for for a much more reasonable price than 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 is often the case with permaculture design courses because we really wanted to be able to share that knowledge and, and since we had some grant funding to make that available and so that that's for the permaculture course but then like the course that we're, we're offering on Saturday, that, that's a, also a free course and we're making available some compost thermometers and regular worms to, to help jumpstart people who are interested in what they learn in the course if they want to take that home and, and get, get, get to work on improving soil around their, their own places.
0: Nice. So do you have um, a site maybe in connection with your church or in the community that you're working on or with maybe the grounds of the church that you've designed with the sure. culture concept? Or? Sure.
1: So, so at the church itself, we, we're just at the beginning stages of that. We we are a very urban church with not a lot of green space. Um, we're, we're right in the heart of downtown Little Rock, but we're, we're beginning to to explore how, how to, utilize that. And we're actually in conversation with a an ecological landscape designer, Martin Smith, who's designed a number of, of um, wetlands and, and using utilizing native plants. And partic- particularly we're interested in talking with him about reimagining our parking lot and how we could make that a space that could be more than just a, a place for cars to, to park, but could also integrate and some some habitat and and be a more permeable surface and and things like that so so that's something that we're looking at with with our church but that's that's a big project and and it's going to take some time to to pull that all together but we've also done some work in in some some of the local gardens um a couple of years ago when we were doing this permaculture course we got a a, a relationship with Dunbar community gardens and um the the person who was the coordinator of the gardens at that point attended our permaculture design course and and got the certificate and and we've worked with dunbar to to particularly to install some elements for the garden that are perennial because one of the emphases in, in permaculture is the importance of perennial plants that really establish good soil relationships over time and um and so we we planted a whole blackberry patch at Dunbar Community Gardens, and hope to hope to do some more with that. And we're we're now working with there's a site that uh, is being developed with the the Urban Food Loop that um, works with it's a composting um, enterprise, and and so we're we're doing some work with the with the Urban Food Loop as well.
0: So it's being um the composting creatureliness um class is is a collaboration between Dunbar Gardens and also this other organization
1: yeah, well yeah so it's it's really I mean they they're helping just host us, but we're we're gonna um, be providing them with some of the hopefully out of this help restart their their worm composting that they that they had going at one point but a few years ago but but we're gonna do help get that back back going for for Dunbar
0: Nice. Nice. So what are some of the aspects of the life in the soil that has maybe awakened your own deeper perceptions as they have related to your faith?
1: There's a a famous theologian and, and former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, who said that the that we are losing the art of being a creature. And by that, I think he means that human beings have lost our ability to live in a interrelated way with the rest of the natural world or or creation. And of course, we are deeply related to other organisms and and beings all of the time. Our own bodies are are made up of just as many cells of other creatures than than our own um, cells that contain, contain our own DNA with all of the the different kinds of bacteria in our guts to that there there's various kinds of um, fungi in our in our lungs that help us respirate properly and but we often don't acknowledge that that interconnected reality and the the people who who first wrote the Bible, who created those stories, they didn't know about these kinds of microbial relationships but they did have an understanding of, of a really fundamental difference because they were they were agricultural people. They were agrarian people who lived from and with the land. And they had two words in, in Hebrew for the, the soil that, that were that were used throughout the, the Hebrew scriptures. One is the Adama, which is kind of the equivalent of our, our word humus or, or even compost. It was agricultural soil. It was the kind of soil that you could grow something from. And the other word is a par, which often in the Bible is translated as dust. It's dead dirt. Mm-hmm. And modern soil science actually has this actual, their technical terms. There's a difference between soil, which is living and life giving, and dirt, which is just the dead, inert material of the earth. And and I think it's it's fascinating that all the way back in um, thousands of years ago, that the, the Hebrew language picked up on the on this difference. That the, and 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 so I think learning to from the soil that that the way that we live into the fullness of being human, of of living into the is to live into the adama, to live into the soil and all of those interconnections. That, that start at the microbial level. And, and that, that, that that's how we find our, our fullness as, as creatures and, and practice the art of, of being a creature that, that Rowan Williams says that we're, we're losing. Excellent, a beautiful
0: way of looking at it. How has your church been able to reach out to the community and um, also maybe embrace the opportunity to grow food that supports nutrition for our bodies and our souls?
1: one one way that the church has done that is we we have for many years now hosted the arkansas local food network and you know we're not responsible for for creating it or or operating it but we we just made space because like a lot of churches we have some some extra office space and we have a kitchen that is primarily used on sundays or other you know occasionally other days of the week but often throughout the week, it's it's just open and available. And so the Arkansas Local Food Network is a organization that is essentially, it's like an online farmer's market. And it provides a an, another market for local sustainable farms to sell their produce. And volunteers will receive that produce, put it into bags, and then people who order online can come and pick it up on Saturdays at the church. And so that's that's a program that we've hosted for a while at at Christchurch. But coming from that, we created a program called Green Groceries that uses that relationship that the Arkansas Local Food Network has with all of these farmers. And the church actually funds and, and provides local f- food to families in need that might otherwise just have the options that are available at a food pantry, which are often you know, very processed foods and and not as many fresh vegetables and we feel like by doing that we're we're helping families get good nutrition but we're also helping to support local farmers because we're, we're purchasing a lot of that that food from them and, and many of the local farmers um also donate food but but we, we we want it to be a win-win on all on all sides that's
0: very impressive are you doing that just as your church or as kind of churches in the in the area kind of um collaborating together and supporting that.
1: This is primary that that particular ministry is called it's called Green the Green Groceries Program. And it's it's primarily just a Christchurch um effort. But um but we'd love to, you know, expand as as to to serve more families.
0: Yes. Can you explain a little bit about what you're going to be covering in this class and if you see like future classes or maybe classes you've had also related to this recently
1: sure so so in this in this particular workshop we're going to be looking at some of the just the fundamentals of of soil science because i think it's not the kind of thing that most people get in a biology 101 course or, or or even an introduction to ecology so we're going to be looking at the difference between soil and dirt and exploring the the various organisms that are involved, whether it's the bacteria and the the um, mycorrhizal fungi that are have create these really amazing networks of both so- mining the soil for nutrients for the plant, but also create a communication network for for plants. And so we're going to be exploring how that all works, and then also talking about some of those relationships with things like, you know, the the Adama and, and the Apar that I just, just mentioned. And, and and some of the, the work that comes from the Christian spiritual tradition on humility, because humility is literally going and being close to the earth. And um, one Benedictine monk said that defined humility as living into reality. And I think that so much of our climactic problems and our ecological crisis comes from a failure to live into reality and so I think a call to humility and returning to our attention to the earth can be a really important spiritual work for all of us whatever our faith traditions might be in order to to address the the kinds of crises that we're we're facing and and so so that's that's going to be part of the course but we're also going to hopefully at, give everyone some really practical tools for how to begin the work of cultivating the earth around them and and helping it move towards flourishing and so we're going to be talking about some different methods of composting that people can do on their own yards and it's going to be everything from super simple very low maintenance to vermicomposting with worms that someone could do even if they're in an apartment to a, a more complex composting method that's called thermophilic composting, where the object is really to make very high quality compost in a, in a shorter amount of time, but it's a little little bit more labor intensive and involved, but we're going to provide some information on how to do those three different kinds of composting at, so that people, whatever their interest or skill level, will come away with some some tools that they can they can use in their own place.
0: Nice. Nice. So, would you like to share maybe some other ideas that you um, are going to be having for future classes or maybe volunteer opportunities within the community?
1: Sure. So, one thing that we've done a little bit of in the past is uh, we've, we've done these watershed Bible studies, or, or and th- there's a there's a movement within some branches of, of Christianity called watershed discipleship, and. There's actually a new book that just came out um, that we're going to be hosting the the author of for the Arkansas, or the Six Bridges Literary Festival, formerly called the Arkansas Literary Festival. Um, but the, Lisa Wells, she has a, a book called The Believers, and she profiles some of the Christians in this movement as well as as well as other people. Not it's not just about Christians, but that this movement they're they're calling for people to really pay attention to their their faith tradition within their particular ecological context and one way to talk about that is is one's watershed so one of the the leaders of this Ched myers you know when he gets people together he says you know where are you from and if you say what city or state he's like no like what what's your watershed because that's that's where you're from that's your ecological context one one permaculturalist brian dolman says that your watershed is your basin of relations and so oftentimes we read scriptures or read the kinds of the spiritual texts in these very disembodied ways and that that's disconnected from the places where we we dwell and so i like to take those scriptures and read them within our watersheds and learn about the kinds of species and places that we we occupy and um what are the our neighbors in this ecological context. And so so we've done a l- little bit of that in the past. And I'd like to do do more of that. I also think that Wendell Berry is someone who's been a real teacher and inspiration to me in in, in his writing and has a has a, a lot of wisdom to offer, I think, to our, our current situation. And so I am would like to do a, a a class on on the work of Wendell Berry, and I, I've I've written a book on on his work, but I I haven't taught an extended class exploring his essays and and fiction and poetry, and, and I'd really like to to offer that, and I think that there are many people in the community who who would have, who would be interested in in something like that, where we look at just a topic like how do we live into our economy, and looking at in some of Barry's work on economy, or how do we how do we think of our use of technology, and looking at some of Barry's work on technology, and and so it, there will be some. This is something that I'm I'm planning for the fall, but we'll have some opportunities to to look at some different subject matters, and people can come for the whole series or just drop into to one of those topics whenever the topic suits them.
0: So what are some of the challenges that you've faced in these types of community projects and how have you been working through them?
1: So one of the challenges sometimes is working with various community partners and one of the things that we've we've really wanted to to do in our in our work is to to bridge divides with various church communities so oftentimes we've tried to tried to come together with with other churches and, um, but sometimes it can, it can be just hard to, to coordinate and, and get, get, get folks together. And I've had a couple of instances where I started a relationship with someone who was in a leadership position and then, and then that person had to leave. And so it was hard to continue the project in the, in the same way. And so that, so that, that's, I think something to, when I, as I've tried to develop newer projects, I've, I've tried to broaden my interaction with with leadership in an organization so that it's not just one person and so once once things with one person maybe changes then then we can continue with, with with someone else
0: so you maybe like have kind of almost like a committee a
1: sure committee. so yeah so, so that that's that's certainly been a, been a challenge and uh, and and then then sometimes it's hard sometimes for people to understand that the deeper ecological connections, like people are ready to you know pick up trash and and so it it takes some time to get into some of the deeper relationships with watersheds and and, and our soil ecology and and things. so so that's that it's not it's not a problem so much, but it's but I, I think anyone who's going into this work, just patience is a, is a key. <laughs>
0: So maybe what are some of the ways that you and others are enjoying the rewards of your work?
1: I have been working in various ways in, in Little Rock for quite a while and and not not so much as a as a person who's in ministry at a church, but involved with some of the the local food movement here. And so seeing what it was so many years ago when we had one farmer's market and that was really just up in, in, in getting together. And most of the restaurants were not serving local food or advertising that fact and seeing how much it's changed over time. And having been involved with it over that that period of time, it, it's it's rewarding to see how many more people are are aware and interested and and how you know, new farmers all the time at the farmers market and an expanding number of farmers markets. And 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 so that that's just to mention, you know, just one aspect. So so I think that, you know, and it's certainly not any work that that I've I've accomplished, but just having observed it and and been a part of it in a small way over a long period of time, it's it's been really rewarding to see how that's that's grown. And I'm I'm also encouraged by i'm I'm at a place now where I started in my 20s in some of this and now I'm in my 40s and so seeing a lot of young people who are taking up the same kind of work and very excited about the uh, sunrise movement and and others and and so to see how that is is coming together and 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 in some small ways being able to to mentor some people who are who are Taking it on to the to the next generation
0: so um, if your ideas, your experience and your wisdom were all wrapped up in seeds of potential action for you to give to others, what advice would you give to someone that might also be considering doing something like this in their own local area, maybe with their own
1: church? I would say that I think one of the things that is difficult and that that we that we all need is is silence. We need more silence in our lives, but also in our in our activism. And there's there's a real need for listening in our in our time, listening to the land and its needs, listening to our community and our community's needs. And I think that one of the things that I in the past have jumped to is seeing a problem and thinking, oh, you know, this is the the problem. I know what I need to do. Here's how I'm going to fix it, and as I've gotten older, I think I've realized the need to just wait and listen and pay attention, and and that's something that I think all of us could could benefit from, particularly in 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 our, even though that you know that the crisis is so real and, and present, I think that right action is so much more important than just any action, and and so. I'm I think that silence and and really learning to pay attention are, are are essential. And so developing those skills with with groups, I think that helping people learn to really pay attention to what's going on around them through mindfulness or through contemplative exercises can can be really helpful and and, and, and along with it compassion so, Having compassion for themselves but also compassion for those they encounter and compassion for the world so so all of those i think are are really important and, and, and i think get to the heart of any religious tradition as well
0: nice so do you have any resources maybe books films or podcasts that have been particularly helpful um, for you in your studies working with the community well i i think
1: that there. the there's so many. I, I've I've thought that one of my other vocations might be to be a bookseller. So it's it's hard to hard to hard to narrow the list. But I would say that there, there's a book by Peter Block and John um, McKnight called The Abundant Community, and it really paints a, a picture of of what's called asset-based community development, which is really starting with what the community has and and working from that and they they do this beautiful analysis of the difference between a citizen and a consumer and so i think that for anyone who's involved in community work that would be a really helpful book i also have in, you know in my in my work with and this is more for people who are working kind of in a more of a church christian context but there there's a there's a book called the, the transition movement for today's churches and that that's a really helpful book for thinking of taking this idea of, of transition towns and the transmi- transition movement. That's kind of how do we live into the reality of the ecological crisis, but but applying it to churches. And it, it could really be helpful for for any kind of religious community. Or so I'll I'll mention just just those those two. But there's there's so many more.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. Um. So if people would like to learn more from you, are you open to people contacting you and maybe working with you or absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So so I have a a personal website, com, And there's a there's a way to contact me through that that website. And, and I am more than glad to to help in, in whatever way I can. So and I and I'd love to learn from others too. So anyone yes. who would like to to contact me, feel free.
0: Great. Right, well, we'll put that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much, really, for taking the time to share that with us and for the work where you're, you know, you're really working with community and working with your church and uh, appreciate all of your contributions.
1: Well, th- thank you so much, Jenny, for for reaching out and it's, it's good to, to talk with you.
0: Thanks for joining us for Local Share Green Action. Until next time, let's all use our unique talents and abilities and take meaningful green local action that benefits the planet and people.